Hey everyone, and welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. What is the biggest problem that's killing the Lakers right now? Do we have to pick one? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked Up Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube. It's where you can go hang out with 21,000-plus subscribers to this ever-growing channel, um, all of whom are getting very frustrated with a couple critical problems the Lakers uh, keep running into. It was present in a big, bad way. In the Saturday loss in Orlando, really the first time this year the Lakers have been uh, not in a game. I think from basically from the beginning, uh, Orlando ran kind of ran them out of the building. It is rebounding if that's your if that's your particular uh, choice, or you could concentrate on the first quarter woes the Lakers have. They are constantly playing uphill. Um, all stuff that we're going to get into, I uh, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Um, I guess, Andy, the, they're not mutually exclusive. The first quarter deficits in some ways are certainly related to the rebounding problems. Um, but and in addition to the injuries, which we'll talk about over the course of of the show today and are relevant for tonight's game in Miami. They got to fix these things because they are, uh, they're shooting themselves in the foot in a big way with, with the, with these issues. Yeah. And and we can get into some of the granular numbers that I, that I tracked down in terms of just how bad the offensive, in particular, the offensive rebounds that they've been giving up all season and the relation to all the different problems that they have in the for in the first quarter because while giving up offensive rebounds is not the only problem they've had in the first quarter not you know not by a damn sight but it's one of their larger problems this was on display big time during the 12101 loss Saturday in Orlando the Lakers gave up in that game 16 offensive rebounds in the first 3 quarters and that was, you know, to the tune of 32 second chance points, both really, really high. To put in perspective just how bad 16 offensive rebounds, giving that up in three quarters is, as of this recording, the Pelicans are the worst team in the league at giving up offensive rebounds. They average 14.8 for their opponents in a game. So in other words, the Lakers lapped the worst team in the league's average with a quarter to spare. And in the fourth quarter, when the when the starters and the rotation players were still in, the Lakers were making a bit of a push, looking more functional, looking more cohesive. They gave up just one during that period. So these are very, very related matters. The Lakers gave up against Orlando 60 points in the paint. And, you know, that that was not just the second chance points issues and not just the offensive rebounds issues, but big part of it. It Again, contributes, right? Yeah, I mean, 
it's like there are many things to break down what is going wrong for the Lakers in terms of getting off to these absolutely brutal starts, but giving up these offensive rebounds, giving up these second chance points, it's a really big deal. It will not surprise anybody. The Lakers are the worst in the league at allowing second chance points at 19 and a half per game. I mean, that's, that is not sustainable for winning. And it is. And look, I mean, there are a couple things where you see it. Like the, the Lakers are, when you, when you evaluate the play as a whole, even, you know, the, the game, um, you know, the, the Orlando game, uh, you know, is, is a perfect example of it. You know, injuries legitimately impact like the winning and the losing. Like that is, it is going to be hard. You know, Torian Prince, I, you know, is, is, I think going to play. That seems to be the expectation that he will play tonight, uh, in Miami, but, um, Hachimura is still out and Vincent is still out and Huchifino is still out. And obviously Vanderbilt is still out. And the Lakers are essentially playing an eight man rotation, nine man rotation where they're missing, you know, four and, and Jackson A's popped up on the injury report as well. They've been missing half of their playable players in a 10 man rotation. That is nine or 10 man rotation. That is not a recipe for success, but um, you can't just point to injuries, Andy, to explain the the offensive rebounding problems or the first quarter deficits or whatever because again short of Vanderbilt who hasn't played yet this season those things happened early in the year too before everybody started getting hurt so I mean these are things that they need to clean up regardless of the lineup well I mean you mentioned Vanderbilt and you know I've said this many times and I really continue to think this his value has been really demonstrated through his absence I think they miss Jared Vanderbilt a lot. I think whether in terms of, for example, rebounding, you know, their their inability to prevent offensive rebounds, their inability, quite frankly, to get offensive rebounds of their own. They're not a particularly good team on the offensive glass. And just their overall energy, I think, especially to start games. You know, I, I had been lobbying before the season began for Vanderbilt to be part of the starting five. And obviously that became a non-starter once he was hurt. And, you know, Torian Prince played very well during the preseason and earned the spot. But that being said, when Vanderbilt is back, he's definitely going to be playing because you can see all the different ways that they miss him. But I still feel like they need him in that starting unit for a lot of different reasons. I feel like he very specifically has been missed. They need specifically yeah. him to be out there. Well, we looked We looked at the beginning of the season. We're like, where could the weaknesses be? And, you know, I think we all kind of settled in on, you know, rebounding is one of those spots. Like, they don't necessarily shape up to be a terrible rebounding team, but that's a, that's going to be, it's a, it's a place where you look at it and say, this could be an issue. Um, that said, you know their offensive rebound rate in terms of generating second chance of their uh, points of their own, twenty fifth in the league. Defensive rebounding rate, seventeenth. Um, you know through Sunday's games and like that's pretty bad. Um, you know it's hard to be in a you know an elite level team when your rebounding numbers are that low. 
um, you have to compensate for that with very low turnover numbers or so it's got to come from some which by the way they are uh trying to compensate with very high turnover high turnover yes they have the uh they're a top 10 team a top top third team i should say in um turnover rate so like in like, which was very bad by the way right. against but I, and I mean that in a bad way uh, not, yeah. like, not in a good way um so like they're turning the ball over too much and it's it's um it, the, 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 I, I, I'm not, it's not like a panicky type thing because I do think it's all, it's all fixable. Um, and all teams have shortcomings that they compensate for by doing something different. Last year, the Lakers, they were, you know, an efficient team from two point range. They got to the line. They did other things to compensate for not being a good three point shooting team. But, um, you know, the defensive glass stuff and the, and the second chance points and all that, it really it hurts them offensively as well because you can't run. You know, like if you if you can't rebound confidently, you can't run. You can't get out and 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 do the things they want to do. And the Lakers are still a very good team on the move. Um, LeBron, particularly this year in transition, has been borderline unstoppable. Like you know, he's just he's, he's doing you know, finishing. And we talked, you know, we spent some time last year at the beginning of the season talking about LeBron's inability to finish around the rim and things like that. And a lot of that we're talking half court, but also, you know, just generally around the rim, certainly in transition, he's been devastating in the early going. You want to be able to enable those opportunities by getting out and running. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about those first half, first quarter deficits because. Even when they've been winning, the Lakers have been playing from behind, and that can only last for so Every long. Every single one of their wins, by the way, has been a comeback. Yes. Every, you know, all three of them have been come from behind. Right. I believe Orlando is the only game, the first game against Orlando is the only game, I think, where they were ahead after the first quarter. Yeah. Something I, I would have to look it up, but like, and their other the losses have been you know stay from behind <laughs> like they would have they would have had to come from behind early to to uh, to get those wins. But let's talk about the first quarter deficits because this is sort of I think completely untenable and and needs to be addressed. We'll get to that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time, and I remember when I was around twelve years old, the Police, one of, probably my all time favorite band. They were on the synchronicity tour and it was a really hot ticket and I couldn't get seats. But at the time I'm thinking, that's eh, no big deal. I'll just catch the next police tour. Well, guess what? They broke up after the synchronicity tour. And I learned that day when it comes to a concert, you really want to see Carpe Diem. Don't miss out. That's why I love game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets. They got killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun. They offer images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. The game, lot, the game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
one of the ways the Lakers would like to preserve the legs of LeBron James and Anthony Davis and all that is by playing ahead every so often. How about a fourth quarter where they can sit their stars down and, and let them rest? Um, what the Lakers have done so far well this year is measure LeBron's minutes so that he is available to play big minutes to overcome giant deficits in the fourth quarter, which is nice, but it's not ideal. Let's see if there's a, a, another way to do this because these first quarter deficits, the holes that the Lakers are digging for themselves and having to climb out of, this is not a sustainable formula, not even just for the regular season. This isn't a sustainable formula to Christmas. Like You can't keep doing this. Yeah, and the first quarter, I, I started digging into some of – their numbers and on both sides of the ball in a lot of different facets, they're just really bad. I was talking before about the second chance points uh, issues that they have giving up those offensive rebounds for the first quarter. They are league worst second chance points allowed 7.2, but also worst in their own second chance points. They average a robust one second chance point per first quarter. So that uh -huh. is a, a point. Yeah, that's minus 6.2 on second chance points alone in the first quarter. Uh, in the first quarter, they are shooting 41.7% while opponents are hitting at 55%. They're 24th in the league for points allowed off turnovers in the first quarter. But overall, they're 18th, like 17.8 for a game. So six, a third of the points that they give up off turnovers come in the first quarter. And over the course of games, like their, their field goal percentage gets better in the second quarter. Third quarter is okay, but fourth quarter overall, like they are a night and day different team from the first quarter through everything else. Um, taking a look at some of the starters, Anthony Davis is shooting 55% from the field in the first quarter. No other starter is shooting 40% from the field in the first quarter. Not beyond the arc, from the field. LeBron, 37.5%. D'Angelo Russell, 37.9%. Austin Reeves, 36.8%. Torian Prince, 33.3%. Cam Reddish in these couple games that he's started in place of Torian Prince, 14.3%. Torian Prince at 40% is the only starter shooting above 30% from behind the arc. And then in the first quarter, the Lakers are 21st in the league opponent guard scoring. 16.3 points per game in the first quarter. Guards are scoring against them, nearly 55% from the field. Later in this show, I want to talk about this concept of D'Lo and Austin as a starting backcourt because we got an interesting question about them earlier in the season. Been waiting for a time to get into it. After this game, I, I was thinking now's that time. Um, I will say I, I, I misspoke. The Lakers overall turnover margin is not bottom third, but the uh, first I looked it up while you were talking and the first half is <laughs> it's 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 not yeah. only bottom third, it's damn near near the bottom. So mm -hmm. um, that all feeds together. I just wanted to correct the myself. I was wrong on the broader stat, but it fits into what you were talking about here. Um, it's just not it's not a formula that they can that they can sustain like it i don't know exactly what it is i mean i know last year like they've had it's like it was the third quarter it's like they, they it seems like there are these moments in a game and i'm sure it happens with other teams and other franchises and other years and other it's like 
for some reason X, Y, and Z is just not working. And for the Lakers, it's it's been kind of independent of the lineup. I mean, because again, they've had injuries, they've had different people shuttling in and out and all that stuff. I think some of it is 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 probably related to um the the bad start Reeves Austin Reeves was um one of the brighter spots on Saturday which is a really encouraging sign for building on Friday's win and some of the momentum hopefully that uh Reeves is is building but like you know when you had one starter who was just that awful um that can help drag some of the numbers down but this, you can see, though, once you lay out all those numbers, Reeves was hurting them in the first quarter, but he had company. He's had oh, no, I, I, company. I, again, I ain't, I'm not blaming the whole thing on him. Um, no, I know like, you're not. You know, but it's like, you know, the other day when he was like, you know, we were down 19. I'm, that was mostly me. I was like, I'm not going to give you, you know, credit for 100% of that. I'll give you credit for about 40% of it. Like, you know, so hopefully some of these things can get better with one guy starting to play better. There's a weird there's no real logic behind a team shooting incredibly poorly in the first quarter and incredibly well in the second half like some of these things are goofy weird things that even themselves out over time um but i, I just if they can't fix the rebounding thing then whether it's the first quarter whether it's the fourth quarter whether it's the third quarter whatever it is they're always going to be vulnerable to these stretches where where they they get kind of beat up and you know it's it's like turnovers it's like even if you don't give up points off turnovers those are possessions that you don't get to go try and score you give another team multiple second chances even if you're you're not giving up second chance points on all of them you're still exerting the defense, the energy to play, you know, 10 extra possessions of defense. You're still sort of scrambled and out of sorts. You're still, it is not good. And, you know, even if the other team doesn't capitalize fully, it is not good. Um, and it, it's, it's sort of like a sloppiness that needs to be fixed. It's just strange to me that they can go from being so awful early and sort of seem so locked in later because they are a relatively veteran group and you'd figure that you'd be able to get some consistency across that. well actually when you think about some of the particulars of this team i don't think it's actually that strange um lebron i think has to pace himself to some degree particularly as somebody who whether by At design really defensively that's true well well just period i mean whether by does you know by design uh by uh necessity a bit of both He's had to play the majority of his minutes in terms of groupings in the fourth quarter. Those have been typically where LeBron really starts taking over. And, you know, LeBron, I, I am willing to guess, I have not looked up uh, all four of his quarters, but I'm willing to guess that his first quarter is by far his least productive of his quarters. Um, you know, Torian Prince does not come out with the same type of physicality or you know, even though he's not a low energy player, he's not Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I, I think right, a, but I mean, but Torian Prince has started third quarters as well when the Lakers make runs. It's like no, I understand, I understand that, but I'm like, saying I think I think there is something with this team when it comes to locking in from the beginning of games. Clearly, this is going on if this is happening in every game. 
There's right. clearly something happening. And again, I think there's an energy level that has been missing. I think some of it has been skill set. Again, I keep going back to Vanderbilt because I think Vanderbilt, his absence is a part of this. But my my assumption is, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, whether it's energy, whether it's a focus thing, whether it's an attention to detail, uh, to the extent that these things are attention to detail, you know, making sure, are you rotating at the right time to pick up the right rebounder? Is everybody... Is everybody following the rebounding game plan to where the right guy is crashing and staying home, and the other guys? Sure, are but it's not, but I'm everybody. not talking about just rebounding. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, talking about like, everything, all of it. I know, but like to the extent that all of these things, I'm just starting with a list here. I would think that a team that is made up of more veteran players would be more locked in, would be more focused, and getting those details right at the beginning of a game than a younger team than it would a team that would have more inconsistencies too that's what i'm getting at uh let's we can talk more about this after the break and i know you want to talk about the uh the reeves and russell lineup um so we'll, we'll get to all of those things next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can enjoy and celebrate this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers right now, you get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 money line bet. So $150 back in bonus bets if your team you selected for a money line bet wins. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, on player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of options. The app is really easy to use and all of these different options are right there at your fingertips. And of course, also NBA props that you can bet on. Uh, LeBron, as of this recording, 50 to one bet to win MVP, Anthony Davis, 31 to one. Anthony Davis also nine to one to win defensive player of the year. Christian Wood, 34 to one for six man of the year. That would definitely help his impending free agency if he won that on a team that was winning a lot. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy this NFL season. Just enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Quick reminder, the Lakers are in Miami uh, tonight. They want to work out some of these issues. I know Miami can be a tough place to play. Uh, but the Heat are not off to a particularly good start. So the, even with the injuries, is a winnable game for the Lakers. Again, 4:30 Pacific. Uh, catch every game, um, uh, every game of the, for the Lakers this year um, on the hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Lakers uh, to do that. 4:30 Pacific time. Um, you don't want to fall beho- below 500. I mean, I, I know schedule this, that, and whatever. Um, injuries, all this stuff. Con- context can tell you three and three where you are right now makes sense. It's not the end of the world. So, but you just you don't want to be playing uphill. You don't want to be fighting to 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 give yourself a decent record. Sub five hundred after you know, say two games in, <laughs> just starts to look ugly. Yeah, I mean it. The West is too difficult. The Lakers' opening schedule is too difficult. The stakes are too high the closer you get down the stretch to where the seating starts shaking out and all of a sudden you're trying to avoid the play-in or at worst trying to get into the play-in obviously what happened to the Lakers last season is an extreme example of why this stuff matters and I'm not 
in any way worried right now about having to pull that rabbit out of a hat again. But it does just speak to why all of these wins really matter, especially at a time when, you know, Phoenix has lost a few games. Sacramento is not off to a great start. Memphis is finally going to win. Memphis finally won a game on Sunday, but like they're one and six. It's but like you look at it and and what really makes this interesting is obviously you know we knew Denver was going to be good, but Dallas is playing. While I thought they were sort of a fringy playoff team, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. They've only played you know six games, but Dallas has been quite good to start the year. The Warriors look very solid, and the Chris Paul thing is is going quite well i think for them um you know i think they i i saw somebody uh you know covers them was basically saying they've replaced pool with cp3 which while that robs you of a little bit of scoring does give you a little bit of extra stability in your in your and and flow to what you're doing so while the you know the steph cp3 thing looked potentially awkward like it's done quite well so far, I'm not so surprised. I'm no. honestly not surprised at all. I'm not. I I was not as down on that as some other people. But um, you know the Pelicans. Everybody's healthy. I mean, actually, Bi's been hurt. But no, actually, CJ McCollum. Uh, terrible news today. He has a collapsed lung. Oh, I didn't it's see the, that. Yeah, it's the second time this has happened with McCollum. Oh, so no. I am assuming he. I I didn't see a status report on him, but I'm assuming he's out indefinitely. But, oh my goodness! Yeah, obviously, that's terrible news. I was about to say the Pelicans are hanging in there even with Bi being hurt, uh, but that that changes it. But Minnesota, you know, the Clippers. We'll see what happens with Harden thing, but like that's a got a lot of talent there. And the Thunder, um, the Blazers have been shockingly competent early in the season. The Spurs have been quite competent in the in the Wemby era. Um, it's just there's just very if if Portland isn't trash <laughs> you know because sacramento is a good team i know they're off to a bit of a slow start utah is a a good bad team if that makes sense like they're they're not terrible um they're a fringy playoff team um the grizzlies are not going to be owing you know you know this far below 500 forever um there's just not a lot of rest there the lakers see houston on this trip they're not awful starting the season there, you just you can't fall below 500 very much because the the consequences for that are tough. Um, you have some some thoughts about D'Lo and Reeves. Yeah, uh, earlier in the season we got this comment on the YouTube uh, uh, comment section from TK UU6PL. At some point, I think D'Lo and Reeves might need to be separated more because they both essentially do the same thing. It looks different because they're styles, but both are playmaking scoring guards. Neither are great defenders and get to targeted at times. Might serve them best to be on the floor with one or two good defensive guards instead of each other, i.e. Reeves or D'Lo, Torian Prince, Vando, Braun, and AD. You know, To be clear, this can't be implemented at least all the way with TK's suggestions until Vanderbilt's back. But what I said to, what I said to him, though, was... Your point about D'Lo and Reeves' potential negative redundancy is interesting. I, like many people, feel their interchangeability has been a positive trait as it allows them to play off each other really well and offer some seamlessness as a pairing. But the flip side, as you note, is, is it potentially leaves the floor unit lacking for different skill sets because whatever one doesn't bring, for the most part, neither does the other. Does this hurt the whole more than it helps? I'm not ready to go there after one game. That's when I responded to him. 
And, you know, I think it's been mostly positive results in a vacuum, but it's definitely something to watch for. And just the idea of whether or not D'Lo and Reeves paired together is better for them as a duo, like in terms of how well they complement each other, as opposed to what it brings for the whole, I thought was an interesting way of looking at it. And the more we've been seeing these slow first quarters, the more we've been seeing some defensive issues in terms of the the inability to contain guards. And again, I think some of this is exacerbated by Vanderbilt's absence and you know the ability to the inability to be quite as versatile right and your options being, having been atrocious for the first you know right sure absolutely five and a half games of the season absolutely but i do think tk is pointing out something that's real for this team when it comes to a ceiling with with trying to trying to contain other teams guards particularly if they have two quality guards like i don't I don't think it's quite at the level that, say, the Clippers may experience if they decide to start Harden and Westbrook. But it's what they say just, they're going to do. I just, it was an interesting way of thinking about it, like whether or not it's better for Reeves and D'Lo versus the team as a whole. Yeah. Although, I mean, I will say, I, I think what is good for them, the odds of it being good for them and playing out statistically as, as a positive, but being bad for the group like somehow the two-man pairing with them works out well but it's actually a negative for the group is is, is i don't think that's really uh, a thing it, they are way underwater as a as a two-man pairing this year um i suspect most of reeves <laughs> many to most of reeves's two-man pairings are underwater because it, until the last you know game and a half he had like the second lowest plus minus in the entire league for anybody with a qualifying number it's like so it has been hard to be with austin reeves and play positively their numbers together last year in both the in in the regular season were quite good um and you know, where the 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 split between the offense and the defensive ratings way very very high, and it was very high. It was very positive in the playoffs too. Um, I'll go back and look up the exact numbers. So I mean, like there is plenty of evidence that the the pairing has worked quite well, um, and obviously the Lakers were playing quite well post trade deadline after those things. So I'm not convinced that they can't play together, especially if Reeves is. Excuse me, especially if Reeves is starting to kind of come around a little bit. But that said, you know, I I think that could be a place where Vanderbilt's. Um, Remember the the pairing was very good last year when they had Jared Vanderbilt out there. And I mean, I, I, again, I was only looking up two man combinations. I didn't no, know I know that, that, but I'm saying la- last the, year the, though, that I mean, starting lineup was very effective as a group. Right, that was right. part of the thing, and I'm not sure what the alternatives are either. I mean, because I I am not, I don't, you cannot. You can. It's not a good idea to play. I don't think you can go play Torian Prince long minutes of the two. I don't think he's an. I don't think he'd be an effective defender against most of the you know good two guards in the league. Um, you know the the scouting reports, all that stuff that we talked about before going into season didn't like that wasn't a great place. Um, no, but in I, theory, you could have Vanderbilt out there guarding twos, and there are Torian right, there are going to be a lot of. Defensively. Sure. 
there are a lot of different combinations you can you can put out there to make some of these things work. Um, I think that you know you'll you'll see what happens. I think you know those start to create offensive limitations too. Um, I I think their basic starting lineup with the the backcourt that they have, um, and you know LeBron and AD and maybe Vanderbilt, maybe it's they stick with Prince or whatever. It's a perfectly good lineup. Um, you just got to play better. And, you know, I, I think they'll probably, when Vanderbilt's healthy, put him back in to to address the rebounding question. Um, and when they do that, you know, they'll lose a little bit of spacing between Russell and Reeves and, um, you know, Vandy, Vanderbilt, if he's hitting that corner three like he was in the preseason, LeBron is shooting the ball better than he was last year. AD is shooting the ball better than he was last year. I'm not worried about the spacing. They can get away. They, they, they're not going to be crushed by Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I think is I am not I'm not concerned about that those two playing together because we have evidence that it worked very well last year. And yeah, so I, I'm not ready to break them up right now either. But again, I do understand the concerns about limitations for them together when it comes to you know defensive integrity, you know, physicality. I mean, neither one of them is a you know, Austin Reeves is a physical player in terms of seeking contact when he's driving and things like that. But neither one of them is a physical player in terms of strength. And like, they're just not, I mean, both of them are players that don't bring a ton of physicality, which I think in certain respects combined with Torian Prince has been an issue for the team. Again, I'm not ready to break them up, but I did think though that the way TK was talking about it was interesting because I know I, had really bought into the idea that their interchangeability was automatically a plus, but I had never really thought about it in terms of the similarities in their weaknesses. So I just thought that was no, an interesting way of looking at it. Absolutely. And we love uh, those kinds of comments left on the YouTube page uh, for sure. Quick reminder, uh, Lakers tonight in Miami, 430 Pacific, big win uh, is needed for the Lakers to get back above 500 as they continue this road trip, which, by the way, finishes with the first of that in them in-season tournament games, Andy. Very excited to see uh, the fancy court that they get to play on. Uh, catch every minute of the Lakers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Lakers. Um, we will be back after tonight's game to uh, recap it all, hopefully talking about a win, but if not, telling you what went wrong. Uh, it very well might be a slow first quarter and rebounding. Hopefully not, but we'll see everybody on Tuesday.